Everybody praise the Lord. Tout le monde gloire à Dieu. I want to give a special welcome to all our overseers, superintendents, general superintendents, and pastors of various ministries and churches who are here today with us. Je voudrais souhaiter une bienvenue spéciale à tous nos pasteurs et superviseurs. We do appreciate that you can give this time to be with us in this combined service of both Deep Alive and the other churches as well. The Lord bless you, bless your families, and bless your ministries. Now the time we're waiting for. Next one. The power of God coming to you. The glory of God shining in your life. The peace of the Prince of Peace will surround you. And every good thing you need, every miracle you need, every breakthrough you need, every success you need, the Lord is here today in this service to provide for everyone. I'm talking to you today on the name of Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. And he's the one who is here for you today. And he wants to do miraculous things in your life. Let's pray together. Our Lord and our God, we thank you because you are a mighty God, a great God. You are the God that will never change. Jesus, Lord and Savior. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because you don't change, because you are the same, from past eternity to future eternity, and because all power belongs to you, all glory belongs to you, we're asking, Lord, that you touch every life, even in this service today, in Jesus' name. All the people who are here at the Alpha location. All the people who are over, all over the world, in all the countries, all the nations, all the congregations we have. We're asking, Lord, you reveal yourself, you manifest yourself to everyone. Do something great in every life. Something spectacular in every life. Something marvelous in every life. That a great change, a great transformation will come to every life in Jesus' name. Glorify yourself in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the answer. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shout, Amen. God bless you. You can sit down. Today, as we come to this combined service associated, connected with the GCK, I'm looking at a special subject, special for you. 
important for you, indispensable for you. It's the subject of the name of Jesus. It's the one a wonderful possession in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we possess everything we need. In the name of Jesus, we have all the provision of heaven. In the name of Jesus, we have the power that created the whole world coming into our lives and recreating our lives. A wonderful possession in the name of Jesus. A wonderful power in the name of Jesus. A wonderful pardon in the name of Jesus. A wonderful purity in the name of Jesus. The wonderful things the Lord has provided for us because we believe in the Lord and we believe in that almighty name. I'm reading from John chapter 14 verse 12. It says, Verily, verily, truly, truly, assuredly, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall also do, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. It says, The life he lived, we will live. The assurance he had, we will have. The work he did, we will do. The paths he trod, we will tread. The righteousness he possesses, we will possess. The glory that he had, we will have. He said, verily, verily, assuredly, assuredly, I say unto you, he, he that believeth on me, she that believeth on me, in every generation, in every dispensation, as we believe on the Lord, Everything that was possible for him is possible for us. It says, the works I did, the works I have done, the works I continue to do. It said, he will do, she will do. He's telling us that everything that he did, every way he lived when he was here on earth, that now the way is open for us, the possibilities are ours, we can. Look at verse 13 there. In verse 13, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. You ask for peace in his name whatsoever, he shall ask in my name. 
you, you have, you ask for strength. It says, whatsoever you ask in my name. It's talking about all the provision of heaven. It's talking about all the possibilities in Christ. It's talking about the strength or the salvation or the sanctification. Everything we ask in the name of Jesus, it said, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. What does he give us salvation? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. What does he give us? A new life. A beautiful life. A righteous life. A purged life. A life acceptable unto the Heavenly Father. He said, whatsoever you ask, is not. it's talking of healing, yes. It's talking of holiness, true. It's talking of purity. It's talking of power. It's talking of divine ability. It's talking about all possibilities we can have in Christ. And he says, whatsoever you ask for your soul, for your spirit, for your heart, for your life, for your body, that will I do for this singular reason that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Everything is in the name. The salvation is in the name. The sanctification, the holiness is in the name. The power, the strength of heaven is in the name. The glory is in the name. Everything we need for us and to get to heaven, everything is in the name. That's why he said, whatsoever ye shall ask, in my name. That will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. In verse 14. If ye shall ask anything in my name. That puts the limit of what we are asking. That means, that means we are not living like orphans, like poor people, impoverished people, anemic people. We are not living like people that have no power to do everything he has called us to do in life. If he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then he says in verse 15, in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. He has commandments and because he's a savior, because of the price he paid, because of the propitiation and because of the atonement, we're so grateful to him that will say, you did that for me. Anything you tell me to do, I will do happily, joyfully and cheerfully. Yeah. 
if you love me, keep my commandments. If you don't keep his commandments, you don't love him. If you don't love him, you cannot freely use his name. When a rich man gives you a checkbook, and the checkbook has many leaves, and it says it's vacant, whatever you need, I have enough in the bank, sign your name there and put the amount, they will pay you in the bank. The assumption is because he loves you to give you that unlimited way, unlimited possession. And he says, whatever you need anytime, I put uh, the banknotes in your hand, just write it and sign it and ask them, they'll pay you. Because he loves you so much, the assumption is you're going to love him back. But if you get to the position you don't love him, it says for you come, I don't have time. It says bring something, no, I don't want to bring that. It says obey my word, obey my will. Uh-uh. I have my own will, I cannot obey your will. You will not continue to have that checkbook. You can now sign your name. The unlimited thing is taken away. The assumption that you are going to use his name and have everything you need is that you love him and you keep his commandments. And then he tells us in verse 16. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, capital C there. It's referring to the Holy Ghost that he may abide with you forever. <coughs> the Father, God, Jesus, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, God, the Trinity. And then he says, I'll tell the Father. The Father is different from the Son. I am not telling myself. I will tell the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. I have been your comforter and I give you consolation and I have compassion on you but another comforter Jesus is not the Holy Spirit there is the Father there is the Son there is the Holy Spirit the Son is as powerful as the Father the Holy Spirit is as powerful as the Son. Each of the members of the Trinity, each is mighty and powerful. Everything the Father can do, the Son can do. Everything the Son can do, the Holy Spirit can do. And then he says he loves us so much. He has given us his name. 
and now he says I, he will give you the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, and that he will abide with you, not three and a half years, not 33 years, he'll abide with you forever. That's the privilege we have in Christ. We dwell in the Father, and the Father dwells in us. That the privilege we have in Christ. We have the name of Christ that can never fail. The privilege we have in Christ. That we have the comforter. We have the consolator. We have the Holy Spirit. And he abides with us forever. In verse 17 he tells us. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. We have to come out of the world to have the spirit of God. We have to come out of that worldliness to have the spirit of God. We need to come out, our heart coming out, our life coming out, our soul coming out of the evil world before we can have the Holy Spirit. Even the spirit of truth, we have to come out of falsehood before the spirit of truth can settle in our hearts. We have to come out of hypocrisy falsehood error we have to come out of evil out of error out of falsehood out of hypocrisy before the spirit of truth can dwell within us whom the world cannot receive because it knoweth him not the hypocrite doesn't know the Holy Spirit. And the liar doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The one in false doctrine doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Because it sees him not. Neither knows him. But she know him. You are born again, you know him. You are a child of God, you know him. You are saved, you are forgiven, you are set free by the Son who is the truth. You know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. A wonderful possession in the name of Jesus. There are three things we're looking at in the message. Number one, full salvation in the preeminent name of Jesus. I want you to think of yourself as a vessel, as a bottle. And I want you to think of salvation, the water of life, and the water that is poured into your bottle, into your vessel. <coughs> Some people say, I have salvation. 
and you look at the bottle where they have the water of life, the salvation, the water is just at the bottom. A little shaking of the bottle, the water will all flow out. The salvation the Lord wants to give us is a full bottle. That the water of life fills our vessel. The water of life fills our bottle. The salvation, the evidence of the salvation fills the whole life. Full salvation in the preeminent name of Jesus. Number two, fruitful service through the prevailing name of Jesus. Fruitful service through the prevailing name of Jesus. Number three is the foremost supremacy by the powerful name of Jesus. Foremost, first, always going beyond the supremacy that is uppermost, that is foremost in our lives by the powerful name of Jesus. One, two, three, you are going to possess today. The amen is like there's something in your. Amen. The Lord bless you today. The Lord fill you up today. And the Lord give you the prevailing power today. Powerful name of Jesus. It will work wonders in your life today. Number one, full salvation in the preeminent name of Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. He will pull out his people from the well of sin. He will take out his people from the flood of sin. When somebody is in the well, the water in the well, dirty, poisonous, dangerous, destructive to health. When somebody is in that well, the well, the water in the well, overpowers, overcomes, overwhelms, covers your whole body. Not only that, the water in the well poisonous, dangerous, dirty, and will destroy your health, it also comes inside you. The reason why Jesus came 
is to take you out of the well of sin. To separate you from sin. To cleanse the sin that has come into your system. And to so separate you from the well of sin. To pull you out and to set you free. That none of those things will become a practice, a habit in your life. And she, and she shall bring forth his son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he and only he. Only Christ. Only the Savior. Only the one that came from heaven. Only the one that gave a perfect atonement, a perfect sacrifice for your salvation. For he shall save, shall rescue, shall pull out, shall set free his people from their sins. Has that happened to you? If you say you know Christ, if you say you have Christ, if you say you are saved by Christ, has that happened to you? He saves from sin. He doesn't save into sin. He doesn't save into disobedience. He doesn't save into defiance. He does not save into defilement. When Christ gets to us, when Christ deals with us, when Christ cleanses us, when Christ changes us, He saves us from our sins. He doesn't save you from other people's sin. Your own sin. Your own dirty, your own dirty habit, your own defilement, your own disobedience, your own evil. He saves you from evil. He shall save his people from their sins. Thank God I am one of his people. How about you? I said how about you? Answer me now. I am one of his people. Anyone that belongs to him. Anyone that owns him as Savior. Anyone that has repented and come to him as Savior and Lord. He saves every one of them from their sins. Look at Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's religion in other people. But there's no salvation in any other. There is, um, you know, upliftment, there is uh, enlightenment, enlightenment in other people, some, but there's no salvation in any other. 
the salvation that takes us to heaven comes only from Christ. It doesn't come from religion. It doesn't come from ceremonies. It doesn't come with rituals. It doesn't come with philosophy. It doesn't come from psychology. Salvation. Full salvation. The salvation that takes a man out of sin and it takes him to the supreme and takes him to heaven. That salvation is from Christ and Christ alone. I go to church. I hear you. Salvation is not given by church. It is given by Christ Jesus, our Savior. I take sacrament. Praise God as good. But salvation does not come from sacrament. Salvation comes from Christ and Christ alone. Pastor, I had infant baptism. I am circumcised. Baptism without repentance does not bring conversion. Salvation, the salvation we're talking about that changes a man's life, that transforms a man's life, that makes him a new creature in Christ, that converts us, it comes from Christ and Christ alone. Now there is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name, none other name under heaven, in any continent, in any country, in any assembly, in any fellowship, in any congregation. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's the reason as you are here today. You look at the salvation you say you have. If you're still drinking the dirty water of the well every day. You're still living in evil. You're still living in defiance and disobedience to the word and the commandments of Christ. You're still living a default dirty life. You still need to come to Christ and have the salvation that saves us from our sins. And there's no other name. There's no other way. There are no other means by which we can be saved except the name of Jesus. Look at Acts chapter 5, verse 31. Acts 5, verse 31. Him, Christ, him, Jesus, him, our Savior, as God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a Savior. Jesus, 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 Jesus,
God has not presented any person as savior to anyone in the world. God has not approved of anyone to be the savior, to be your savior. He is the only one. No other man can save us. No religious woman can save us. Him as God exalted with his right hand to be a priest and a savior. For to give repentance to Israel. He gives us repentance. Genuine repentance. That's the kind of repentance that is fake, phony, superficial, unacceptable. Uh, repentance from the mouth. It doesn't come from the heart. Repentance from the head. It doesn't come from the heart. Repentance that is, uh, you know, led by another person. Say what I say, and then we we'll say that, but it doesn't reach our heart. That kind of repentance, fake repentance, can only have fake salvation. But the repentance that Christ has given, coming from the heart, coming from conviction and contrition, the repentance that Christ gives us, that makes us ashamed of our past life, that gives us sorrow for the sin we committed in the past. The repentance that actually turns us around and we say bye-bye to the past. We're not going to have a new life in Christ. That's the genuine repentance that comes from Christ. That's the one that leads to salvation. And the forgiveness of sin. You know, there are two things there. Repentance, forgiveness. And the first one is repentance. In the sight of God, in the plan of God, in the provision of God, repentance always comes before forgiveness. Forgive me. Forgive me. Have you repented? Save me. Have you repented? Convert me. Have you repented? Give me a place in heaven. Have you repented? The Father God in heaven has appointed and exalted Jesus Christ to be a prince and a savior to give repentance and forgiveness. After he has given us that repentance, and now we have repented, a new life comes. That new life, how will each be lived? Saved by the name of Jesus. Now, how do we live after we're saved? Colossians chapter 3, I'm reading from verse 16. 
in Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom you have come to Christ you are born again by Christ you are forgiven by Christ you are transformed by Christ you have the witness of the Holy Spirit that you are saved and Christ and Christ alone has saved you from that time on let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in the psalms and the hymns and spiritual songs not only that not just dancing to the song you are being taught by the song and you are learning something by the song and you are living you're not just emotionally enjoying the song the song and the hymn and the psalms spiritual song you're singing with grace not with sin you're singing with grace not with defilement you don't go to do evil during the week till saturday and then come to sing with a melodious voice if sin is there the song is not accepted in heaven you sing with grace in your heart unto the lord Sin defiles our offering. Sin defiles our service. Defilement makes our singing, our preaching, our ministry, our service rejected by the Lord. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. You are not singing to men. Men do not know our lives. You are not preaching for men. Men do not know our lives. You are not serving for men. The men, the women, the congregation, they do not know our lives. You may sing and the people will clap. If there is sin in your life, which the people do not know anything about, God knows everything. Heaven does not clap for a sinner. Heaven does not clap for a defiled person. When he's singing, when he's serving, when he's preaching, when he's doing whatever, heaven is looking with sorrow. Look at this man. Look at this woman. Look at the sinner. And if she continues like that, she will spend eternity in hellfire. And yet the people are clapping. Do not worry about the clapping. Just understand. He wants you to sing. He wants you to serve. He wants you to give. Everything you do, he wants you to do it with grace in your heart unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
Look at verse 17. In verse 17. And whatsoever ye do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Everything you do in the public, in the private. Everything you do alone or with other people. Everything you do on Sunday or weekday. Everything you do in your family. Everything you do with a stranger. Everything you do with everybody in any condition, every condition, it says, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God by the, and the Father by him. Whenever you do anything, whenever you say anything, whenever you go anywhere, ask yourself, can I do this in the name of the Lord Jesus? That fellow says, I'm a Christian. I belong to Christ. And he's going to take cigarettes and smoke. Can I take that weed? Can I take that marijuana and say, Lord, this is for glory. I'm smoking this in your name. You cannot do that. That will be blasphemy. You want to fight. You're violent. You are angry. You take a bottle. I'm going to break his head. Lord Jesus, I belong to you. I want to break this man's head in the name of the Lord Jesus. You can't do that. That's blasphemy. I want to take another person's wife. And I want to have pleasure with her. Lord Jesus, I belong to you. I am saved. I am going to heaven. I want to defile this wife of my neighbor in the name of Jesus. You can't do that. That is blasphemy. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, in the morning, in the evening, during the day and the dead of the night, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. We're looking at number two here. Number two is fruitful service through the prevailing name of Jesus. Through the prevailing name of Jesus. Now, the devil doesn't mind anything that we do. Once we don't bring Jesus, his enemy into our action, the devil doesn't mind what else we do. 
He doesn't mind giving food to the hungry. What's what did he bring the name of Jesus into it? He doesn't mind cultivating anything. Whether you are cultivating cassava or you are cultivating marijuana, it doesn't mind what you cultivate. Once you don't bring the name of Jesus into your cultivation. What Satan is worried about is that in your action, in your service, in everything you do, you're lifting up the name of Jesus. That's where Satan has a problem. He doesn't mind your preaching. Let's just talk. Once you don't bring in the name of Jesus, it doesn't mind your serving. Once you don't bring the name of Jesus, where Satan has a problem is that you are doing this service only in the name of the Lord. And that's what the Christian is watchful. That my service I render in the name of Jesus. Look at Acts chapter 5. And I'm reading from verse 28. Saying, did we not strictly command you, charge you, that ye should not teach in this name? That was the challenge. We you can teach, but don't teach in this name. You can preach, but don't preach in this name. You can serve, but don't serve in this name. Don't have the glory of the name filling your heart, directing you, propelling you to go and do what you are doing. Do it, be passionate. Do it and be energetic. And do it and be excited. But don't do it in the name of Jesus. Everything you do, do you do it because of Jesus? In the name of Jesus? Or are you just doing it and then Jesus is at the background? He's not really in a service surrender. Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. In verse 29, it says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Of course, you know, there are times we have to obey men. Our students, our children have to obey their teachers at school. The citizens of the country have to obey the policeman directing the traffic. 
in life. We have to, there are things we have to obey men, we have to obey society, we have to obey the government. The problem comes when we obey the people of the world, the authorities of the world, more than Christ in his authority. And that's what the Pharisees wanted. That's what the Sadducees wanted. We told you that you should obey us. Why are you not obeying us? Abandon Christ, obey us. This is, this is where the challenge of the Christian lives. And this is where the evidence of the Christian life, that's why it lies. We can't see Christ physically. We see the people around us physically. And they come and they put pressure on us. We see the frowns on their faces. We see the effect of their action. But Jesus is on the inside. We can't see him physically. And yet, he is a savior. He is a sovereign. He is the supreme one. And the tendency of the human being, even of the Christians, of the believers, is that they obey the people they see, the police they can see, the army they can see, the government they can see, but they don't obey God like that because they can't see God. And so when they challenged the apostles and the disciples, they replied, we ought to obey God more than men rather than men. That's the challenge of your life. As you go through the marketplace of the world, as you go through society in the world, as were challenged by idol worshippers in your community. As the men and women in authority, as they demand total allegiance and total obedience. You are at a crossroad. Christ has saved me. I think of him every moment of my life. Christ has gone to prepare heaven for me. That nobody on earth can prepare for you. Christ has died for you. To give you salvation and healing and deliverance that no other man on earth can do. How grateful are you to him. All those other people that want to take over total control of our lives they've not done anything for you they rather take something from you who will you obey as the supreme authority of your life we ought to obey God rather than man because of his name because of his provision, because of his authority upon our lives. 
That's the name that we go with all throughout life. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. Philip went to Samaria. He took the name of Jesus with him. When you are going anywhere, if you're a believer, you will not forget your Bible at home. Your Bible will go with you. If you're a believer, you will not leave your conviction at home. Your conviction will travel with you. If you're a believer, your consecration, you'll not leave your consecration behind. Your consecration will travel with you and go with you everywhere you go. If you're a believer, you'll not leave your commitment to Christ back at home. You take your commitment to Christ everywhere you go. And when Philip was going to Samaria, he didn't leave commitment to Jesus back in Jerusalem. He took commitment to Jesus wherever he went. He didn't leave his faith in Jesus at home. Everywhere he went, as he went to Samaria, he took his faith in Jesus, his confidence in Jesus, his trust in Jesus. He took that with him to Samaria. Everywhere you go, you take your commitment to Christ. You take your confidence in Christ, and you take your consecration to Christ, and you take your trust in Christ. You take all that way you. Some people enter into the church, see, they don't take their conviction in Christ or them. Some people go from the capital city, they go to the interior, they go to their village, they don't take their consecration to Jesus with them. Some people go to an idolatrous community, and when they go there, they don't take their resolution and their repentance and their salvation in Christ with them. Anywhere we go, we must take Jesus with us. The fullness of Jesus in us. And the consecration to Jesus, we take that with us. So that any challenge that comes where you go, 
you are not thinking of what will they do, what will they say, how will they oppose, how will they react. You are thinking of Jesus, you are still there. And I came with your confidence, I came with your trust, and whatever is happening here, I brought you with me. I'm going to think of you first, I obey you rather than men. And so Philip got to Samaria, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized both men and women. Both men and women. Well, with my interaction with men, being a man myself, some men, some men, when they see a woman, especially a beautiful woman, going on the street, they lose their head, they lose their heart, they lose their hope, they lose every prayer they ever prayed, they lose every conviction they ever had, and the woman is the only one they can look at. Now, now Philip, when he got to Samaria, he saw men, he saw women, they didn't take his heart away, they didn't take his mind away, they didn't take his, his head away, he still preached the word of Christ unto them. He didn't commit sin with them. He baptized them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit by the authority of Jesus. The name, the name of Jesus. Anywhere you go, everywhere you go, take the name of Jesus with you. You will have the victory. Power will be in your life. He feels your heart. He feels your brain. He feels your life. Every action is an action that brings in the name of Jesus. We're looking at point number three. Point number three now is the formal supremacy by the powerful name of Jesus. This is the formal supremacy. The name of Jesus. I don't want to have the great, foremost supremacy in my own life. I reserve that place for Christ. As I go through the world and go through life, I don't want to exalt myself above my Savior. He must have the supremacy. 
As I think about what I want and my goal and my desire and my destiny, I don't want to put my own what I like, what I favor, where I get pleasure. I, want, I don't want to put that as number one. Jesus Christ and him alone, he must have the supreme position in my life and in your life. What has happened? That a man will think of himself above Jesus, his Savior. What has happened? That the thinking of his joy, his happiness, his achievement, more than he thinks of the joy of Jesus. What has happened? That man or woman will think about what I want, what I like, what I desire, my own promotion, my own exaltation, and he's not thinking, number one, as the foremost, the first, the preeminent position of Jesus. What has happened? That we think of our own personal name above the name of Jesus. What is happening? That we don't care if people put the name of Jesus in the mud. We just smile and look at them. And you know, we say, the young people of this generation, the people of this generation, look at them. They don't respect, they don't honor Jesus. But if they put our own name in the mud, if they insult our name, if they say something ugly about us about our name we get offended and we stand up and we say look at this man i will not take that from you when they insulted the name of jesus you just smile it's okay not the people of the world what has happened that you value your name more than the name of jesus He must have the supremacy. Are you not a man? You are nothing compared with Christ. Are you not just a woman? You are nothing compared with Christ. Who are you so concerned about yourself and you're not concerned about the name of Jesus? The formal supremacy by the powerful name of Jesus. Look at John again, chapter 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, on Christ, when you talk to somebody and he looks at you with a whimsical look, you say, Don't you believe me? I'm thinking about that. 
What I told you now, what has I said unto you. Don't you believe me? Are you calling me a liar? We get offended when we talk to somebody about Jesus. And you, you, don't you believe him? I don't know. Okay, we we'll laugh, we we'll smile, we we'll say, if you don't believe him now, maybe tomorrow you'll believe him. Why, when they don't believe you, why do you talk and talk again and emphasize you must believe me? When you don't believe Jesus, you don't mind. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. When somebody believes the story you tell, that's where it ends there. When somebody believes your presentation of your personality, I went to that place, to that college, I went to that professional institution, I got this, I did this. When they believe, that's all, that's all. Nothing happens to them, no change happens to them. They just listen to your good story and they believe you. Nothing happens. But when they believe the name of Jesus, they have power, they have heavenly authority, they have salvation, they have miracle, and you are more concerned about them believing you than they believe in Christ. Let's leave all this kind of useless uh, desires. Once they believe in Jesus and the works of Jesus, they will do that gives you the greatest joy of your life. And you, you say you believe in Christ and you have a salvation and you have a sanctification and you have a strength in the power and baptism in the Holy Ghost. Now you must believe Christ to the point that the works that he did, you will do. Your life will take on a new radiance in Jesus' name. And then you begin to think, I'm a believer in Jesus. I read what Jesus Christ did, I, you know, when he was on earth. The devil came to him and he said, it is reaching. He defeated the devil. And he says, the works I do, you will do. Whatever Satan, whatever tempter, whatever temptress comes to you, you will overcome them in Jesus' name. He asked him questions. Questions that would dribble him. 
that will defeat him. They said, shall we pay tribute to Caesar or not? They wanted to find something they'll say against him. They'll report him to the authorities. Look at what he has said. And Jesus said, show me a coin there. And he said, whose image or superscription is this? They said the image, the superscription of Caesar. And he said, give unto Caesar material things, your tax, what belongs unto Caesar, but give unto God your heart who created you. It says, give unto God your heart that belongs to God. He confused, he defeated every person that wanted to dribble or defeat him. And he said, the works I do, you will do. You will defeat everyone that wants to shake your faith, that wants to confuse your life, you defeat every one of them in Jesus' name. He said, the works I do, you will do. The sick people, they interacted with him. He didn't catch their sickness. They caught healing from him. There are believers, they fear associating with congregations. I don't want to catch their disease. I don't want to catch their disease or sickness. And so they're isolating, insulating themselves. Jesus didn't catch their sickness. They caught his health. And he says, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. You will not catch anybody's disease. I will not catch anybody's disease. You know, in an assembly, there's somebody who is demon possessed. And the people that know their right in the Lord, they are casting out the devil. And then I see a believer, he runs away, he goes to stay in that corner, far away from where they are casting out devil. And I say, my friend, why are you there? He said, I'm afraid. I said, why are you afraid? They're casting out devil there. I don't want the devil to come out and come into me. When Jesus saw the demon possessed, he stood there calmly and courageously. Before he even cast them out, they recognized him. And they said, we know you, the Holy One of Israel. They didn't come into him. His power challenged them and they came out. He said, he that believeth on me, 
the works I do, they shall do. You believe in the Lord. You will not catch demon. You'll cast them out. They will not jump on you. But you manifest the power of God. The works I do, he shall do. If somebody is talking to you and is breathing and you hear the sound of the breathing. You say, please, draw back. I don't want to catch your bacteria. But you know Jesus, all the people were all around him, touching him, leaning on him, touching his clothes. And when they touch his clothes, and that woman with 12 years of running blood, everything came to an end. He didn't catch their bacteria. He didn't catch their long-standing sickness. But they caught healing and they got freedom, health from him. And he said, he that believeth on me, the works I do, he shall do. Jesus Christ ministered in the midst of the hypocrites and the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He interacted with them, the liars, the deceivers. But you know, Jesus, the truth, remained the truth. He didn't catch their lying. He didn't catch their deception. He didn't catch their hypocrisy. That's how you watch. And as we interact with the liars and the hypocrites and the deceivers of this life, we don't, we don't catch their hypocrisy. We don't catch their dishonesty. You know, you, you know some Christians, you have known some Christians before. They were as straight as a ruler. They were righteous and pure. And then they come to some places. Maybe they are walking there. And the rule of the day of that place where they are walking is deception and falsehood and lying and hypocrisy. And like a chameleon, he has taken or she has taken over their lifestyle. Jesus did not catch their hypocrisy, their falsehood, their deception. And he said, he that believeth on me, the works I do, he shall do. The life I live, he shall live. The truth I express, he will express. The purity and the honesty and the holiness I manifest, he will manifest. He said, because I go unto my father. 
and he's talking to the Father about you every time. It's in the midst of those people, Lord, keep him as straight as I was when I was in the world. And then in verse 13, it says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. A new life has come. A new power has come. A new understanding has come. A new victory has come. You will have the victory. You will catch what Christ got, what Christ did, what Christ said. You will not catch the attributes and the dirty things of the world in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17. And the 17 returned again with joy. The 17 returned again with joy. This was the 17 that Jesus sent out. And as they went out, all the 70, not 69, remaining one, not 65, remaining five, all of them that took the name of Jesus were them into the field of service, into the field of ministry. All the 70 came back and they reported the same story of victory. As we come here today, and we have heard of the name of Jesus, the salvation in that name, the sanctification in that name, the strength in that name, the power in that name, the possibilities in that name. As we go back home, the report you have, the testimony you have, is that you have the victory, the triumph of Jesus going home with you. Everyone, not everyone minus me, I'm going back with victory. I'm going back with triumph. I'm going back with power. I'm going back with assurance. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Are you not surprised we we'll finished this service? And after hearing about the name of Jesus, the power, the possibilities in the name of Jesus. Somebody is running to the prayer warriors and is saying, I am subject to the devil. Can you deliver me? 
when they came, they were not subject to demons, to devils. They said, the devils are subject unto us through thy name. You have that name. Shout the name. Say it in the dream. Say it in the day. Say it anywhere you go. All the devils and the demons will be subject unto you. As we are walking in the way. And you look at somebody. Just, just to look at people around. Their face kinds of sense fear into your heart. Then you drop your head. <laughs> you, you take away your eyes. It looks like the person inside them is greater than the person inside you. That was a great mistake. Look up. Look at them. Inside your heart, say in Jesus' name. That fellow will drop his head. The name inside you will conquer whatever is in there. The demons, the devils are subject unto us through thy name. The sub victory. I will see victory. Look at verse 18. And he said unto them, what they did not know, what they did not see. Anytime we mention the name of Jesus, he does more than we can see. He accomplishes more than we can ever know. And what we know and what we see, it's just like an iceberg. It's just like a little thing out of the great, 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 mighty things that he has done. Did you see that? But Jesus saw that you will get more than you see. You will have more than you feel. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Fall from the sky. Fall from the air. As we go out, 70, 700, 7,000, 70,000 all over the world as we go out child of God and you carry the name of Jesus everywhere you go demons in every community will begin to fall the one that troubled you in the past will now begin to fall the one that tormented your child your wife, your husband, your family will now begin to fall Christ has seen it already I too, I will see it. Where are you? You will see. You will see. Victory. Power. Authority. You will see. 
Look at verse 19 there. Now, I cannot read this verse 19 except you are standing. Put everything down. Now you stand. The Lord is going to talk to you through me. I'm just his representative. I'm just his mouthpiece. Now Christ is talking to you. You accept. You receive. You experience. You will be like this new believer. Behold, I give unto you power. Not witness, behold, I give unto you power. Not shaking and trembling, you'll not shake anymore. Behold, I give unto you power. To tread on serpents and scorpions. They will not walk over you. Serpents, scorpions will not crawl over you. They will not bite you and they will not hurt you in your dream or during the day. Do you understand? When you are sleeping, you're still yourself. You're closing your eyes. Your name is still your name. You're still a believer. And the Lord is still watching over you. And what he gave you the night, the dream will not take away from you. Whoever you see in the dark, whoever you see in the dream, you're still who you are. Uh, what, what, you meet, what you meet somebody taller than yourself, your name doesn't change. When you see a terrific figure, your name doesn't change. And the gift of Jesus in your life will not change anywhere you go now. On the street, in the house, in the church, in your church, in your ministry, in your village, in the vehicle, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Make it personal. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Where are you? The Lord has lifted you up. The Lord has promoted you. And the Lord has given you the name that will never fail on earth, on, on earth, in heaven, and in the sky. Open your mouth and pray and tell the Lord, O Lord, I receive. O Lord, I accept. Mine is the victory. Mine is the triumph. Mine is the power. Tell the Lord, tell the Lord. The climate will not change that. The sun will not dry that up. The rain will not wash it away. 
the people around you will not draw beach off your life. Your situation, your circumstance will not erase that from your life. You believe in the name of Jesus, you have salvation. You believe more in the name of Jesus, you have sanctification. You keep on believing, believing in Jesus, you have power. You keep on believing your possibilities in Christ. Everywhere you go, you believe. You'll always be on top. The people that don't believe in the name of Jesus will not be above you. You believing in Christ, you'll be above every situation, every circumstance. Thank the Lord you have him. Thank the Lord he has you. Thank the Lord his name is in you. Thank the Lord his mark is upon your life. Thank him. And everything you do, do it in his name. You talk, talk in his name. You preach, preach in his name. You converse, converse in his name. You do anything, any action, do that in his name. You're friendly with somebody, it must be friendship in his name. Fieldiness cannot be in his name. Dirty friendship cannot be in his name. Hypocrisy, we cannot do that in his name. Anything we do, it has to be honest so that it will be in his name. It has to be holy so that it will be in his name. It has to be proper, scriptural, before it can be in his name. Anything we do, everything we do, anywhere, everywhere must be in his name. For the glory of his name. For the majesty of his name. For the pleasure of heaven. You must not be a vessel in which there is no pleasure. Everything inside, outside, in the private, in the public, anything we do, anything we say, any friendship we have, any communion we have, any interaction we have, must be in His name. Tell the Lord, your life was now dedicated to tally completely or reservedly unto his name. And now you believe you are no more as weak as you were in the past. As fearful as you were in the past. As timid as you were in the past. He that believeth on me, the works I 
do, he shall do. The life I live, he shall live. The victory I have, he shall have. He that believes in me. I believe. I believe. I keep on believing. And because of that, your life is now above the weakness and the defeat of the past. Because as he is, so are we in this present world. He didn't catch what the, the sickness the other people had. They caught the health and the healing from him. And as you move around in the world, you don't catch what the people of the world have. They rather catch what you have. You don't catch the sickness of the world. The disease of the world. The infirmity of the world. As we go along in life, you don't catch the hypocrisy they've got. You retain your honesty and holiness. As you go around the world, you don't catch the deception and the lies they have. But you remain in your integrity. As you go around in the world, you don't catch all the evil and the falsehood they have. You remain in the faithfulness of Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. You remain victorious. You remain standing firm. You remain courageous. You remain with your conviction. And as you have got that conviction in Christ, that confidence in Christ, when you are going out, you don't leave confidence in Christ back at home. You take the name of Jesus with you. Everything you have in Christ, you take along with you. You take his goodness with you. You take his godliness with you. You take his power with you. Take the name of Jesus with you everywhere you go. And then he has given you the power. The power to overcome. The power to overthrow the works of the devil. The power to march on those scorpions and serpents. The power to remain healthy. The power to remain strong. The power to remain a winner in life. The power to live like Jesus. To behave like Jesus. To pray like Jesus. To represent the Heavenly Father like Jesus. He gives us the power. And He says, Nothing shall by any means hurt us. 
telling your belief and then the power of the name will abide and work mightily in your life and when you go out of the building of the sanctuary of the fellowship today You will not leave everything you've heard, everything you've learned behind. You go with the name and the nature and the nurture and the power and the possibilities of the name of Christ. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The powerful name of Jesus. The prevailing name of Jesus. The preeminent name of Jesus. The Lord has answered your prayer. The Lord has answered my prayer. Say that for yourself. The Lord has answered my prayer. Let me hear the English people. The Lord has answered my prayer. Maintenant le francophone. Be it confirmed in your life in Jesus' name. Where are you? Where are you? Raise up that hand. You are not the same as you were before now in Jesus' name. Great confidence. Great courage. Great power. Great victory. Great triumph. Will follow you back home. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for what you have told us, what you have taught us, what you have revealed unto us. Thank you for this great revelation. I pray that your people will receive and believe and embrace this revelation of the name of Jesus in Jesus' name. The salvation that comes with that name. The salvation and the victory over sin that comes with that name. Grant everyone in Jesus' name. The holiness, the purity, the sanctification, the righteous life that comes with that name. Grant unto everyone in Jesus' name. The strength, the courage, the fearlessness, the authority, the conviction that comes with that name. Implant in every life in Jesus' name. The assurance that comes with that name. I pray you will instill that in every life in Jesus' name. The healing and the health that comes with the name. 
the deliverance and the redemption that comes with the name. Grant unto everyone. Now the steadfastness of blessing. The continuity of blessing. That abides in that name. Grant everyone. All the seventy returned and said the demons, the devils were subject unto them. All of us here, all of us online, all of us over the radio, all of us over the television, all of us that will hear this message even after today. As we hear and hear again, the total victory in the name of Jesus will abide in every life. You'll be glorified in every life. And the blessings will never stop, will never run dry in any of our lives in Jesus' name. We thank you because we know you have answered. We know it is done. And we're going back home, a different brother, a different sister, a different mother, a different father, a different person in Jesus' name. We thank you because we know you have answered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord has blessed you. Have a great day, a great week, a great month. Have a great year. The rest of your life, great and glorious in Jesus' name.